What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, it's going to be all about the NFL. Uh, week 18 has finally come and gone, and we're going to discuss uh, some of the playoff matchups that are going to be occurring next week with the wild card weekend, as well as taking a look back on the season and asking you guys on Twitter some different questions. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you enjoy. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Eric, the ranting co-host here. But no rant for me today because my Jaguars won. And by doing so, we eliminated the Colts from playoff contention. So, you know, Zach mentioned, we're going to be talking about all the upcoming playoff matchups. And I'm very happy that the Colts are not going to be one of the teams we're talking about. So goodbye to them. <laughs> uh, enjoy the episode, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and what's going on, is it gone, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most. Currently, I'm recording from a very dark room in my apartment because the power just went out. So, you know, here's hoping and praying that my uh, LTE holds up. Um, but, you know, thanks to the Jaguars defeating the Indianapolis Colts, we... Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers now have a, you know, like 99.9% chance to make the playoffs. Just got to hope that this Raiders-Chargers game doesn't end in a tie, which, you know, sure hope it doesn't because I think if it does, there's going to be some riots somewhere um, <laughs> because <they're, laughs> everyone's going everyone's gonna to think it's fixed because they can both make it on a tie. So who knows? Who knows? But, you know, at the very least, I'm excited I'm wearing my brand new Ben Roethlisberger Steelers jersey at the moment. So, you know, he at least gets one more game before he goes out. <laughs> yeah, that, we, we never know with Big Ben. When's he going to retire? When's he going to He hasn't said anything to the media yet. But, um, but yeah, mean, he, 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 Bill, Bill Cower asked him, like, if you, I mean, like, he asked him before this game he against the Ravens. He was like, if you lose, will this be your last game? He said, most likely. So... Yeah, but most likely it's not a, you know. I know it's not definitive, but you know. <laughs> I, I'll believe it when I see it. Not, not that I think he comes back, but I, you know, it's not a both <laughs> official. But, um, but yeah, so before we talk about the playoff matchups for the wildcard weekend, we are going to do a, another game of Ask Twitter. So periodically we pull this out, basically as straightforward as it sounds. We put polls up on Twitter and we ask you guys a question and it's interesting to see the results. We all have our own opinions, obviously, but you know, it's fun to compare it to other people seeing, Oh, do, do we all agree on this? Where's the split? Is there an unexpected winner for these polls? So the polls got some decent feedback on them. And the theme that I came up with um, was kind of a look to the future and also a look back on the season. So look to the future is in you know some teams had really bad years and they're going to be looking for head coaches and out of this pool of candidates there seems to be a lot of former coaches that are being brought up in interviews and there's a lot of up-and-coming guys that haven't been head coaches yet that are currently coordinators for successful teams not as many college names are being mentioned this year so we want to kind of look at, okay, out of these coaching candidates, which ones are the most appealing? And then also, as far as looking back on the season, um, the kind of questions we're going to ask are about your favorite game and like the biggest storyline in general. So 
I'll go ahead and let Eric introduce the first question that we had. So Eric, read the question, uh, the candidates, and then tell us how the Twitter poll went and your opinion on it. Yeah, for sure, man. So the question is, which of these former head coaches would you want your team to hire? So the choices were Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell, Josh McDaniels, or Todd Bowles. Uh, Jim Caldwell got the majority of the votes from the Twitterverse at 35%. Uh, we got 20 votes on this one. Uh, McDaniels came in second with 30%. Doug Peterson third with 25%. And Todd Bowles in last with 10%. My vote would be Doug Peterson. I mean, I feel like overall he was very successful with Philly. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl. And even though Carson Wentz was having a MVP-type season that year, he got hurt, and they still got it done even with Nick Foles, who came in as the backup and finished out the season. And when you have a coach that has success like that, you know, I don't see why you wouldn't want them on their team. Obviously, there were some struggles at the end, but he wants to coach again. And as a Jaguars fan who is looking for a coach, I would definitely be more than okay with Doug Peterson coming here. So, uh, Connor, you are Zach, – Zach and I agreed with the Doug Peterson vote, but you voted differently. Tell us about your pick and you know, why you chose that candidate. Well, Eric, you know, we all know that secretly deep down the former head coach that you want your team to hire is Bill O'Brien. Am I correct? Oh, <laughs> oh God, Connor, come on. I've had a good day today. Come on, let's not ruin it. <laughs> um, yeah, so my different opinion on this was I would actually go with Todd Bowles because um, for me, I mean, obviously, we've all seen the good work that he's done over in Tampa Bay with that defense. I mean, that defense is still one of the best in the league. And I really think he deserves to get another shot because the last time he was a head coach was with the Jets. And, like, obviously the Jets are a complete dumpster fire. Like, I don't envy any head coach that ever has to go and coach for them. So I'm not sure I really want to take that as, like, an indication of how good of a head coach he can be. So I definitely think that he deserves another shot. And I mean, you know, being that I'm a defense guy, you know, I like I like having a defensive minded head coach. I think it's, you know, <clears throat> especially I mean, I guess the other thing for this that makes it a little difficult, though, is like not talking about like which team he would go to. Because yeah. I definitely because I definitely think there are certain teams that like I'd probably agree I would want like Doug Peterson or Josh McDaniels. Um, but for overall, just like a general thing, I would want a defensive-minded head coach, so I would go with Todd Bowles. All right, yeah, I definitely was surprised with that because I feel like, you know, Bowles only got 10% of the vote, and it, he was pretty bad with the Jets, and that he, it's the Jets, obviously, but still, um, all the other guys, except for maybe McDaniels only was there, was a head coach, I think, one season or something like that. He was for seasons. like two seasons, and he like drove Denver into the ground. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't there very long. But, I mean, Peterson was in Philly for a good good minute, and Caldwell with the Lions and Colts, you know, it had, still has the biggest resume of the, of the bunch. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to think about. My next question I'm going to introduce for you guys so this is the same theme of the question, but the candidates are coordinators. So out of these coordinators, who would you want your team to hire? The choices are Leftwich, Kellen Moore, Matt Eberflus, 
and Nathaniel Hackett. And Byron Leftwich won this vote with 50% of the vote. Kellen Moore came in second with 31%. Matt Eberflus came in third with 16%. And then Hackett came in last with 3%. Uh, and there was a comment on this one for someone saying, be Eric Bienemy. So I guess if there's a, a fifth option, you know, put one vote for Bienemy. I just didn't include him because it seems like by now he would have been a head coach if he's going to be one. I, I, just can't imagine anyone hiring him when he's been interviewed by pretty much every opening job for like the past four or five seasons. Um, so probably, he's probably got like a similar thing to Josh McDaniels where like the chiefs are probably going to promise him yeah. like the head coaching job when Andy Reed retires or something like that. Maybe, maybe but he's <laughs> McDaniels isn't really doing the interviews as much. Whereas, you know, the enemy is, but Byron Leftwich, he won the vote, and that's my pick as well. Eric and I both agree on this. I think there's a couple benefits to having Leftwich. Um, a lot of the guys on the, this list are young, but in my opinion, it's I was I still think in most cases it's better to bring in an offensive coordinator than a defensive coordinator, and it's this is like the the way of success in the NFL now. Zach Taylor with the Bengals. That's what he was. Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. Um, I believe Sirianni, Nick Sirianni is an offensive guy with the Eagles. Um, Sean McVay, obviously. It's all these guys. That, it seems to be the, the hot thing right now. So I, he fits the qualifications as young offensive coordinator. Um, he's similar to Kellen Moore in that he was a former player and was a backup pretty much his career. But I think he had a more substantial career than Moore did. And I think he's learned a lot from being under Bruce Arians for many years. In Tampa, he's learning from Tom Brady. So the the people that he's been around, I feel like have given him a better resume than anybody else. Uh, I think also, too, people love him. I mean, he's he's going to get along with everybody. Everybody that's talked about Leftwich has said great things about him. Uh, I think he's a motivating guy for players. I think there's really no wrong thing to say about Leftwich other than the fact that he's never done it before as a head coach. So it'd be like his first time. Um, I, I would be totally happy if the Jaguars hired him, but Connor, you also disagree on this one. So tell us about your, your pick instead and it won't be a surprise to anybody if they listen maybe four months ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know we had our our picks of uh, head coaches for our expansion teams and back then I took this guy and I'm going to take him again Matt Eberflus I mean you know obviously like Zach said taking the offensive minded head coach is like the popular thing right now but you know there's still defensive minded head coaches that have success I mean if you look like especially in the AFC right now you've got like Mike Vrabel and um bill belichick and i why did i lose the other one that i was thinking of there's um <clears throat> oh um sean mcdermott like you know you have you still have defensive-minded head coaches and obviously you know honestly the ravens probably would have been in the playoffs with john harbaugh this year had they not had all the injuries they had you know the steelers are going to be in the playoffs with mike tomlin on the back of a defense so it's it's something that i still think you know i think it's something that's been forgotten about but 
I mean, it's kind of, my answer is pretty much going to be similar to the one I said about Todd Bowles. Like, I want a defensive-minded head coach. I want to start there. You know, I think especially for teams that already kind of have a good court, like a, a quarterback in place, you know, you can have a good offensive coordinator that can carry your quarterback. I mean, we saw it in New England forever. Like, you know, Josh McDaniels working with Tom Brady, but he was just the offensive coordinator. He wasn't the head coach. Bill Belichick was the head coach. And Bill Belichick's defenses – you know, being behind Tom Brady were what led New England to all those Super Bowls. So um, I, I like the the strategy of going defensive minded head coach, but a really, you know, quarterback minded offensive coordinator. Um, I think that's the way to go for me. So Matt Eberflus was my pick. All right. Whoever voted for Nathaniel Hackett is an idiot. <laughs> that might have been Caleb. That might have been Caleb. Hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry, um, Caleb, if you did, but man, it, did you watch him coordinate for the Jags? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I told him. That's what I told him. We, Eric, and I have a bad memory of. We don't like. We don't. We do not like Mr. Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I got like so angry. Mr. There, Nathaniel Hackett. You have to rant, you have to rant eventually, Eric. So there you go. <laughs> what, what did you say? I said you, you have cut to out for rant a second. eventually. Sorry, you have yeah. to rant eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I am the ranting co host. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are the coaching questions. Now that we got that out of, way, out of the way, let's take a look. And this was. It's hard to come up with just four, uh, four answers for this one, but I asked the question, your favorite game to watch in the 2021 season. So, Connor, tell us what the options were and what you think about this question. Yeah, so a uh, lot of good games this year. This was the season of unpredictability. Um, so your favorite game to watch in the 2021 season, we had – the one that got the most votes at 41.2% was the Kansas City versus the Los Angeles Chargers Week 15 Thursday Night Football Overtime Thriller um, with the Kansas City Chiefs coming out on top there. Then we had the in a tie for second place with 23.5% of the percent of the votes. We had the Cowboys versus the Bucks on opening night and also the Bucks again, but this time against the Patriots in Tom Brady's return to Gillette Stadium. The Bucks coming out on top in both of those games. And then in fourth place with 11.8% of the vote was the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Dallas Cowboys overtime winner for the uh, Raiders on Thanksgiving. So in my personal opinion, I took the Cowboys versus the Bucks opening night game. Um, for me, the reason why I picked that one specifically is just because I feel like that game just really set the tone for the entire season. I mean... I think everyone would agree like this has been probably one of the most exciting seasons in terms of upsets and unpredictability we've had in a long time. And that game in particular, like I think everyone really thought going into that game, like, okay, like the Bucks, they're the super the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Cowboys, like Dak Prescott's coming off a really bad injury, like the Cowboys still have a really trash defense. Like, you know, they were everyone was going into that game thinking the Bucks were just gonna kinda roll over the Cowboys and really just, you know, have an easy opening night, but the Cowboys really made it a game. It went down to the wire and the Bucks were able to pull it out um, at the very end uh, in a one point victory, 31 to 30. I think I remember was the score. So um, like I said, it was just a tone setter for the rest of the year. I mean, even if you just look at some of the things that happened this week, like, you know, with the Jaguars being the Colts and 
the Lions being the Packers, I'll be, you know, the Packers didn't play their starters the whole game, but still, like, the Lions being the Packers, just a lot of craziness that happened, and that's where it all started. So that was my pick. Um, but, Eric, what about your pick for this one? Yeah, I went with the Bucks also, but I took the Bucks-Pats game with the Brady return. I mean, when you talk about, you know, most thrilling games, this was definitely not it. I mean, it was kind of low scoring and it wasn't necessarily thrilling, but bad weather. It was, but it was a close game and just just seeing Brady playing a game in the Patriots stadium that wasn't for the Patriots was just really just really crazy. It's just something that you know, we didn't expect that we'd ever see and I don't know, even though I'm not a Patriots fan and I'm not the biggest Brady fan in the world it, you know it's still really cool to see I mean kind of like how we talked about with the Steelers last week with the you know with, we thought at the time that this week would probably be Big Ben's final game and you know like an end of an era kind of thing like just seeing Brady you know play like almost 20 seasons in New England and then play what you know will probably be his final game in that stadium was just it was pretty cool to see so I enjoyed that one. And uh, Zach, what was your pick? Yeah, my pick uh, quickly on this one was Vegas and Dallas Thanksgiving game. I'm always a big fan of the Thanksgiving Day games. Um, you know, it's you got Thanksgiving, you got the football on the TV. It's just a great atmosphere. So for me, I I really like that one the most. Um, I also what helps too. I mean, this does say your favorite game to watch. So the team you're rooting for, you know, you probably want them to win. And I was rooting heavy for the, the Raiders and my fantasy boy, Hunter Renfro. Um, and Vegas pulled it out. So I was happy for them. And I, it was just a great Thanksgiving game. That That's, that's uh, why I put it up there and why I got 11%. Um, now let's go ahead and talk about the last game or the last, not the last game, the last question <laughs> um, out of these polls for Ask Twitter. And this is more of a, you know, broad type of question. The biggest story of the NFL season. So, I mean, week to week, there's lots of stories that come up. You know, injuries, star players getting injured. You know, certain you know, fights happening, getting bad referees. You know, these things happen all the time. But for this season in particular, there were four things that really stood out to me as being major. Like when we look back years from now in the 2021 season, these are the things that people think about. Uh, number one, Urban Meyer, you know, making his entrance to the NFL and getting fired midway through the season. Uh, that's number one. Number two, Deshaun Watson's, Deshaun Watson's absence. So never the NFL never said anything about him. He was never suspended. He never played and he wasn't traded. Just I was always Deshaun Watson shot, but he never ended up making any appearance in any way. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers drama and success. So the whole line about being vaccinated drama, the drama coming into the season with him wanting to trade him, not wanting to be there. And then him having the success that he had in bringing the Packers to the one seed and then Tom Brady still going, throwing the 700th touchdown pass, you know, breaking all the records, still playing at a pretty high level, 
with his age and you know, coming back from the Super Bowl like he didn't miss a beat. So those are four tough, you know, ones in my opinion to vote on. There was a tie for first place with the Urban Meyer and the Aaron Rodgers stories. And then there was a tie for third place with Watson and Tom Brady. So I, you know, might be biased here, but I picked the Urban Meyer firing that I had to win the vote. I just think, you know, he he's someone that all football fans know about. You know, if even if you follow college football only, you probably were a little interested in seeing how he would do in the NFL. Obviously, for the NFL people, it's always been a great, you know, question. How will the one of the best college coaches ever do in the NFL? And it was basically a story every other week with Urban Meyer. You had the Cincinnati incident where he didn't come back with the team. You had all the rumblings about the players, not the players hating him at the start of the season, all these different things going on um, line and about James Robinson and all the different things. It's, it's really so many things that you can talk about the failures that he had with the team. Um, and then for him ultimately not even to survive the season. I mean, it's just crazy to me that, it played down the way it did. I, you know, Eric and I talked about this. We said it's either going to go really well and they're going to be a Super Bowl contender in a few years, or it's going to go really bad. And we saw it go really bad for sure. So, in my opinion, that was the biggest story of the season, even though obviously it wasn't a positive one. But Eric, you actually uh, disagreed with me on this. I, I'm curious as to why you thought the other. I'm curious as to your pick. Here. What's more interesting than Urban Grinder? Because <laughs> he grinds. <laughs> uh, obviously, that was a huge story. But for me, I chose Tom Brady still going. I mean, when you look at what he's doing at his age, I mean, it's really just unbelievable. I mean, there was a time a few years ago where you could still argue whether you know, Tom Brady was the GOAT or maybe Peyton Manning was the GOAT or Joe Montana. You, you you had options on who you could pick as the greatest player of all time. But but now, all these years later, the fact that he's gotten more Super Bowls and he's still putting up the types of numbers that he's putting up and things like that, I mean, it, it's just amazing. And I know I know the Bucks are loaded with talent. Like, we were talking about this before we started recording and you know, they got a lot of pro bowlers around him and stuff like that. But, you know, when you look at Peyton Manning, and I love Peyton, but when you looked at how he did the last couple of years with the Broncos, I mean, that team was loaded with talent too. But you could see the regression in Peyton Manning. I mean, he really did not do good his last couple of years. It was the It was the defense and the run game that carried them, and especially the defense that carried them to that Super Bowl right before he retired. Peyton Manning really did not contribute at all. But, you know, you, you look at Tom Brady, I mean, at this age, well into his 40s, and he's still an MVP candidate. It's not even like, oh, he had a, you know, decent season or had an okay season or something. I mean, up until that 
you know, one bad game against the Saints where they got shut out, he was the MVP favorite. And he could still get it, but even if he doesn't, he'll he'll have the second most votes. I mean, just absolutely unreal that at his age that he's still doing this. And, you know, I don't know what the Bucks will do. We're going to talk about the upcoming playoff games here in a little bit. But the fact that he's doing what he's doing, just unreal. And a way more positive story than uh, Urban Meyer. <laughs> obviously, that's <laughs> obviously, that's not what the vote was based on. But, you know, I just I don't know. I, I, I just had to get the Urban Meyer thing off my mind, I guess, as a Jags fan. That's uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, hashtag. Firebally. Okay. <laughs> the clown out. Well, well, by by the time, now, by the time this podcast released on Tuesday, that man better be fired. <laughs> are, are you sure that he's going to be fired? You know, they've had a big win over the Colts today. Like, <laughs> well, that's true. That's <clears throat> our win total went up by fifty percent after this game, so that's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, well, not technically. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. <clears throat> you still got the number right, one yeah. pick too, so. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Yeah, but Bucky better not be there to make it. <laughs> Seriously, please, God, no, please. Yeah, bring right, back so... Dave Caldwell. Is that what you're doing? Hashtag bring back Caldwell. Oh, God, Connor, he, he, this is multiple times you're ruining the <laughs> night, man. Stop. <laughs> Doc, move on. All right, all right, all right. Let me let me take over again. Uh, the lock for week eighteen. Um, this More is positive the... things. Yeah, yes. definitely, Eric. Um, <laughs> the yeah. uh, <laughs> the lockboard week eighteen here. It's it's finally over for some of us. Um, let's go ahead and talk about how the week went. You know, I I really wish this had been my average every week, but I won the week with eight points. Connor came Same in here, second. Dude. <laughs> Connor came in second with six. Nate in third with three, and then Eric. Uh, in last with two points, and now we have the total standings after 18 weeks. This is how the final standings are going to be for this season of the lock board. Eric gets the gold here, first place with 74 points. I came in second with 65 points. Nate came in third with 57, and Connor came in a close fourth to Nate with 55. So that's how the season finishes. Um, Eric in first, so we've kind of already knew that was going to happen. So it's not well, as well. Well, it, it's funny because actually, technically, there was still a chance for Zach this week, but after I saw your picks, I was like, well, now there is no chance because you didn't have all five pointers. So yeah. I was like, well, um, but I mean, you wouldn't have won it anyway. So I don't, aside from the fact that I don't think enough five pointers worked out, Eric got the one point that he needed. So I did, I did, I. You'll see my picks here in a second, but I was pretty safe. <laughs> yeah, so Eric, go ahead and talk about your picks here. You had the first pick uh, in the draft. Tell us what you got right, what you got wrong. Yeah, so I knew being up by 15, the best that Zach could do was timing, and I just needed one point to make it official. So I, for my first two picks, I took what I felt were the safest one-pointers on the board, which were the Chiefs over the Broncos. And the Bills over the Jets. The, uh, before I knew what the, our boards were, the Chiefs scared me a little bit there on that Saturday night game. But they ended up getting the dub, and so did the Bills over the Jets. So that gave me my points that I needed. 
And I figured I would get at least one of those. So for my third pick, I went a little more creative just to get, because we were kind of talking about last week about doing the theme of, you know, things that you want to see happen. So I took my Oklahoma City Thunder to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, but they got beat by 30. So I was, I was glad I didn't need that. <laughs> so that was, ended up being a bad pick. But, uh, glad to officially have the dub now and after struggling the first year we did this it was a nice uh nice way to give me some more confidence so definitely going to be looking forward to the next season and seeing how that goes but zach you ended up having a beast week this week so tell the viewers what you got right yeah so i so the reason i didn't pick all five pointers is i knew eric was going to do the one pointers and i knew he was going to get them so i i figured let me just try and get as much points as I can. I didn't think all five pointers would, would get me the most points. However, with my first pick was a five pointer and I just hope every year I'm lucky enough to get this pick Jaguars over the Colts is a five pointer for, for me. Got this one last year. Um, you know, when the game's in Jacksonville, it's a five pointer. I will take time. So Hopefully next year I have the first pick and can get it again if it's a five-point value. <laughs> next, My next pick was the Dolphins over the Patriots. It was one Eric and I kind of had a little debate on there. I was like, you know, the, the Dolphins always do good against the Patriots in Miami. And Eric was like, I don't see any way in, you know, he doesn't see any way possible that the Patriots would lose this. But Dolphins ended they up did. winning it. <laughs> Yeah, not complaining about that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Florida well, Saints help. Well, well, Nate is, but <laughs> the three of us aren't. <laughs> yeah, that got eight points there. And then, you know, I just decided that, hey, you know, kind of like Eric, let me just pick the the Trailblazers to beat the Cavs, even though I did not have faith in this actually happening. Um, and I got it wrong, obviously. But uh, that could have been a three-point play. It would have been nice to have a clean green but i didn't see the score on that game did they lose as bad as the thunder lost to the Timberwolves? no it was it was closer but it was still a loss i think i think i think it was like 114 to 106 or something was the final score yeah they did way better than the thunder (laughs) yeah yeah uh i will quickly review nate's pick so nate went with the bengals over the browns got that one wrong with the Bears over the Vikings, also got it wrong. And then, surprisingly, you know, to me, from last week's episode, the 49ers did beat the Rams, so he got three points with that one. Um, and that's how Nate finishes his lock board. Connor, tell us about your three picks here. Yeah, I definitely went with, a, you know, completed the quintuple. I don't know if Nate did this strategy, but at least, like, the trio strategy of picking things that I wanted to see happen. Um, so first pick, obviously I took the Steelers over the Ravens, which that was a game that gave me a heart attack, but you know, we pulled it out at the end with some clutch throws at the end from Ben Roethlisberger to get us into field goal range. Um, then with my second pick, I took the Milwaukee Bucks over the Brooklyn Nets and that worked out in my favor as well. The Bucks managed to beat the, the Nets in Brooklyn, um, and then, you know, the very next night, or, well, not maybe the exact next night, but their next game, lose to Charlotte. So, you know, good things happening all around there. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then um, and then with my last pick, I took the Atlanta Hawks over the Lakers. Um, I wasn't sure. 
I mean, like, again, it was something I wanted to see happen, but I thought I could get this one because um, I know LeBron and AD and everyone are still kind of banged up. So I thought the Hawks could take it, but unfortunately they got blown out by the Lakers. Um, so that one didn't work out, but still definitely happy for the six points because, you know, this is a far cry from the scores I have been getting all season long. So, you know, it's nice to finish on a, on a good week. Yeah. So that's overall pretty impressive final week for the Lockboard. Um, we all got points and a couple of us with over five points. So that's always a good thing to see. More green with than the- red on the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nice, man. That's nice. <laughs> and to round out the show, we will talk about the playoffs. So, Playoffs. Uh, nothing, nothing better <laughs> to do to finish a show than talk about playoff matchups. And I always love the wild card weekend because, especially now, there's so many games going on. You know, it's a total of six games to watch. So it's basically all weekend. You know, it's, it's any other weekend, basically, in the NFL. You get the Saturday games, you get the Sunday games. Each game's got its own time. Well, now you get a Monday game, too. Now you get the Monday game, which personally, I would rather see three on Saturday, three on Sunday, but it's okay. I'll live with the Monday game. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about the NFC first, where the picture is clear as far as, you know, what we know while we're recording this. So we have obviously the Packers as the one seed. The matchups are going to be Eagles and Bucks, 49ers and Cowboys, and then Cardinals at the Rams. So, uh, I will go ahead and talk about the Eagles at Bucks first. I think this is going to be a pretty straightforward game. Um, I know it's the Eagles against Tom Brady, and so some people might hype that up, but these, you know, to- no Nick can- Foles. <laughs> yeah, no Nick Foles. Brady's on the Bucks. The Eagles are completely different. Um, I think the Bucks win it pretty easily. I, I really don't think they have too much trouble in this one. I'll say Bucks 31, Eagles 17. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I, I could see the Eagles maybe keeping it close for a while in the sense, you know, maybe uh maybe for the first half it's kind of close or something. But I do agree though that I think the Bucks are gonna win and I think by the end of the game It'll be pretty easily. I'll say the Bucks take it 34 to 20. How about you, Connor? Yeah, I'm going to agree. I mean, I think the hardest thing for the Eagles in this game is really going to be the fact that, you know, they're, they rely so heavily on their run game, and Tampa's got, like, the third best run defense in the league. So um, I really don't see Philadelphia being able to do anything on offense. Like, I do think the Bucks' injury problems are probably going to hurt them later in the playoffs, but at least for right now, like, they should pretty easily handle the Eagles. So... I'll say like 35 to uh, 35 to 20 bucks. Take it. All right. And then Eric, talk about this second matchup. Yeah. So this is probably the hardest one for me to pick out of the NFC. I mean, the next one's pretty might be pretty difficult too. It's definitely going to be much more interesting. I think than the first game we've got the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Dallas to play the Cowboys. And on the one end, you've got the 49ers who have been pretty hot for the most part. They've, you know, won a majority of their recent games and they did beat the Rams today to, you know, secure their spot in, which, you know, was a little surprising. But 
I am going to go with the Cowboys here. Shocker. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's too, no one's too surprised by that. But but here's here's why I'm picking the Cowboys. I and mean, first of all, I like them being at home. I mean, it's going to be a nice advantage for them to not have to travel. And while their offense has been a little inconsistent uh, lately, it seems like more recently they're starting to get it back together again. And the, the Cowboys almost always play better at home, too. So I like their chances there. And while Jimmy G is back with, for the 49ers, which I think is better for them versus having Trey Lance, he seems to be, you know, good for a turnover or two here and there. And the Cowboys defense has been one of the best this season at uh, forcing turnovers. So I feel like the Cowboys will win the turnover differential, which is going to also give them an edge in this game and force the 49ers to not rely on their ground, not be able to rely on their ground game as much. I, I think if the 49ers do have a path to the victory, that will be why is due to if they can get the run game going, but I'm still going to go Dallas here. And I'm going to say, I do think this game is going to be pretty close. I'm going to say Dallas takes this 27 to 23 uh, I'll go to Zach next. Zach, what do you think? I I agree with you, man. I don't think it's going to be as close as you do, though. I don't respect the 49ers nearly as much as you do, but uh, I also don't respect the Cowboys either. However, the Cowboys will win pretty easily. I'm going to say – I know that was confusing to listen to, but Cowboys 38, 49ers – 14 blowout Connor what about you well you know 40 years ago today was the catch when Joe Montana went down the field and threw the pass to Dwight Clark to win that playoff game for the 49ers now obviously that was today and not the day that they're going to be playing but in my opinion I think I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers for me I mean That defense is fully healthy, and that defense is scary when they're fully healthy. I don't know. I mean, they were – the Rams have a decent offensive line, and Matthew Stafford was just getting eaten up, like, the entire game. Nick Bosa was getting after him. Fred Warner was getting in on the blitz game. Like, this 49ers defense, it scares me more than the Cowboys defense does. And I think they're going to be able to get the run game going with Eli Mitchell, you know, Debo Samuel is just like, how do you even guard him? Like, he does everything for that team. You know, you don't know if he's going to run the ball, if he's going to catch the ball, if he's going to throw the ball, if he's going to do whatever. I mean, he's just like one of the ultimate gadget players in the league. And, you know, obviously having George Kittle doesn't hurt either. So um, I definitely think this is going to be a very, very close game, being that it's in Dallas. Obviously, Dallas has the advantage there. They haven't had a home playoff game in a little bit. Um, But... San Francisco is going to take this one and they're going to take it on a game winning field goal from Robbie solid Gould and win 27 to 24. All right. Very interesting. Uh, Connor, tell us about the final NFC wildcard matchup here. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, it's always fun when you get these divisional matchups in the playoffs because, you know, it's like you feel like you just saw this team like a couple weeks ago and you're playing them again. You got the Rams and the Cardinals here. Um, Both of these teams have really been struggling recently, especially the Cardinals. Um, 
they have not been playing well whatsoever in recent weeks. I mean, obviously they've been hurt by some injuries. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they have injuries elsewhere, like on the defense. Um, but to me, it's just like, yeah, the Cardinals, other than that game against the um, against the Cowboys, like the Cardinals have dropped four of their last five. The Rams, while well, they've actually been doing like better in terms of the win column, they still haven't been doing better in terms of playing-wise. Matthew Stafford still seems like he's prone to some of these mistakes. They can't get the run game going half the time, and it's like they just can't generate a pass rush on anyone anymore. Like Aaron Donald, I, I it it's crazy to me to think that he's like even in the conversation. Like, I mean, I know at this point the defensive player of the year is pretty much decided. Like, it's going to be T.J. Watt. If it's not, then like. I don't know who these people are that are voting, but they need to be fired and they need to redo the vote because <laughs> he just set the single season sack record. So, but like, it's just like mind blowing to me that Aaron Donald is like still even in the conversation for defensive player of the year. It's like, okay, like what has he done though? Like I know, yeah, he's been getting double teamed a lot, but still like he hasn't done anything and this Rams defense hasn't been that good either. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be an ugly game, to be honest. I think there's going to be turnovers that are happening. But I'm going to have to go with the L.A. Rams just because even though they haven't been playing as well, they've at least been winning, unlike the Arizona Cardinals have been recently. So um, it's going to be a close one. Probably going to be a lot of Cardinals fans at SoFi because L.A. doesn't care about football. I don't know why the Rams should have stayed in St. Louis. Um, But the Rams are going to take it. It's going to be 28 to 24. Uh, Eric, what about you? Yeah, I've got to agree, man. I don't know how much I trust this Rams team, but I'm like you in the sense that I trust the Cardinals less. I mean, the Rams went into Arizona earlier this season, and when the Cardinals even had DeAndre Hopkins and were healthier, and they beat them then. So with the Cardinals struggling a lot more right now, and then the Rams you know, even being at home this time. I mean, like I said, the fans isn't a huge advantage, but I don't know. Just being at home, I think, is just going to be more comfortable for them. And knowing they've beaten Arizona on the road, like with a healthier team, I think will give the Rams confidence. And so I am going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit of a bigger win than Connor here, though. I'm going to say that the Rams beat the Cardinals 31 to 20. So Zach, do you agree with Connor and me or do you, are you taking the Cardinals? Well, Eric, you said you don't know how much you trust the Rams to start your sentence. I'll tell you how much I trust the Rams. Not at all. I'm taking the Cardinals to win. Um, I quarterback wise, I just like Kyler over Stafford. Um, I think, uh, I think JJ Watt's going to be coming back for this. Think he'll give the defense for the Cardinals a boost. The teams have seen each other, each other twice already. They've split the series one to one, so I guarantee you it's going to be a close game. These teams know each other very well, being divisional rivals. But yeah, I I know the Cardinals have cooled off at the end of the year, but when I've watched the Rams, I mean it's they've gotten bailed out. Stafford has looked really ugly and. I do think the Cardinals defense is opportunistic here in this one. They might get a pick six or something like that, a scoop and score or something similar to that. I think the Cardinals win 26 to 23 Arizona. So let's go ahead now, guys, and talk about the AFC where we still 
don't know all the matchups yet, but we do know one of the matchups in the two versus seven game, and that involves Connor's team, so I'll let him discuss that game. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we also know the Titans are going to be the one seed here, but we do know, I mean, technically this is not set in stone yet because if the Raiders and the Chargers end up tying, then the Raiders will be playing the Chiefs, but, you know, the chances of that are pretty low. So we're just going to go with act like that's not going to happen. Um, so we have Steelers and Chiefs. The Steelers getting in this week on the backs of the Jaguars beating the Colts. You know, I was a big Jags fan today, and they came through for me. Trevor Lawrence played really good. I mean, probably the best game the Jags have played all year, and Carson Wentz just completely went into Carson Wentz mode and, um, you know, sucked wind. I wanted to say use a different word there, but you know this is family friendly, so uh, <laughs> PG but, Connor PG. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, like I said, not going to complain about that because it means the Steelers are going to be in now. And unfortunately, we have the tough test of having to go to Arrowhead against Kansas City. Um, they had some scary moments against the Broncos on Saturday, but they still managed to pull out the game. Uh, Someone on the Broncos team was using their hit stick and caused Melvin Gordon to fumble and picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown. Um, So the Chiefs pulled it out there. But in all honesty, I mean, as much as I would love to see the Steelers do something, this is the same matchup from a couple weeks ago, and we got absolutely destroyed. And honestly, I'd be surprised if the same thing didn't happen again. Um, The Chiefs are just a way better team in every aspect. The Steelers have no offense for the most part. Um, You know, Roethlisberger seems like he finds his game in like the fourth quarter, but then like for the first three quarters, he can't do anything. Um, Like they just, they keep going three and out. The defense is still really good, but you know, they're not going to be able to hold up against Patrick. Like they can hold up against guys like Tyler Huntley and, you know, Baker Mayfield, but they're not going to be able to hold up against Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. So I'm saying Kansas City takes this one in a blowout, um, probably something like 42 to 14 Kansas City. Uh, Zach, what about you? Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Saw someone on Twitter say watching Ben Roethlisberger is like watching a potato out there. Like, <laughs> I mean, and, and it's oh, it's man. very true what you said about the fourth quarter thing. That's that means if it somehow is close, I I do think the Steelers will have a decent chance if it's close at the end but I mean that's asking for a lot the the defense is would have to carry them massively in this which I just don't see happening based on how Casey handled them just a few weeks ago I similar score I'll give the Steelers a little bit more respect I'll say something like 35 to 13 um Eric what about you yeah my I agree with you guys here, too. The only chance I think the Steelers could have is, you know, if they really watch that film from the game when the Chiefs blew them out, and if they can figure out any kind of adjustments that could possibly be made. Uh, I do know Kelsey also got hurt at the end of the Broncos game. Apparently, it's minor, and he's going to play, but, you know, he'll probably be banged up, though, a little bit, which, you know, that could be an edge, but I just, for me, the, my biggest problem I just have with the Steelers is their offense and it's just been lacking for the most part. So I do think the Steelers will 
find a way to make some adjustments defensively to keep it closer than the first time they played the Chiefs. But I still think the Chiefs are going to win pretty easily. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Chiefs win 31-17. All right. And then for the other two games in the AFC, like I said, as we're recording this, we don't know what the games will be. Um, however, Raiders, Raiders, Raiders are up 17, 14 at halftime. So, you know, <laughs> so basically uh, we know nothing. <laughs> yeah. So basically like, you know, no one's pulled ahead or anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As expected. Um, now they're we'll, gonna we'll just... tie. It's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> it, it's all on the script. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about which of these because the Bengals, the Bills, and the Patriots are they're in the playoffs. Uh, but we're gonna talk about who, which of these teams they would want to face the most. You know, so I'll let Connor talk. As a Bills fan, Connor, would you rather face the Patriots or the Chargers? This is definitely a tougher one for me than the Bengals' choice. Um, just because, in my mind, like I kind of want to say the Patriots just because, you know, it's like you know this team and you've beaten them twice. Well, I, I said they beat them twice. They beat them a couple weeks ago. Um, and, like, you know, literally they only – uh, they, when they lost Mac Jones only threw three passes, but that was also like horrible weather. So, um, but if I'm the bills, I think I have to go and say they want to play the chargers. Um, or I'm like second guessing my choice. Okay. Actually, I'm going to say, I want them. They want to play the Patriots final answer. They want to play the Patriots because, <laughs> because the Patriots are sputtering right now. Like I know, cause in my head I was thinking like they're sputtering, but Bill Belichick, but you know what? I don't think Bill Belichick's going to be able to overcome this one. The Patriots are sputtering right now. Like they're, they looked not so good against Miami today. Um, they didn't really look all that good. I mean, obviously they completely blew out the Jaguars, but I mean, who hasn't done that besides the Indianapolis Colts? Oh, <laughs> um but yeah so it's like you know they lost to the bills they had lost to the colts you know they they're really not they're really sputtering at the moment whereas the chargers if they end up playing against the bills the chargers will be playing because they won and got in whereas the patriots are just here because they locked up a spot a couple weeks ago um you know not because they won a game today and they you know got in because of that so and also, like I said, the Bills, they know this team. They know Mac Jones' strengths and weaknesses. You know, we saw what happened when they played them in normal weather conditions. I'm not saying it's going to be normal weather conditions because it is going to be in Buffalo. So who knows what could happen there. Um, but the Bills really have started to find their run game, and they know how to prey on the weaknesses of Mac Jones. So if I'm the Bills, I want to play the New England Patriots in the wild card round. Uh, Zach, who would you take if you were a Bills fan? Actually, we're just going to um, – we're not going to each talk about this, so I'm going to ask Eric about the Bengals now. The Bengals' possible matchups could be the Raiders or the Patriots. So, Eric, as a Bengals fan, which I know you are, uh, who <laughs> would you – Bengals. Just kidding. Who would you rather yeah. uh, see them play, the Raiders or the Pats? Well, I, I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about – I don't know if we're going to talk about rooting interests at the end, but I mean, the Bengals are a team I'll be rooting for. I mean, obviously they're a cousin of the Jaguars. So obviously, and 
Zach Stad called him the Bengals one time, so that's another reason. <laughs> and there's other reasons too, but I, I'm pretty cool with the Definitely Bengals, couldn't so get I'm, me to come up with any of these fake answers because I want them to lose. <laughs> yeah, Connor is definitely not for the Bengals, but anyway. I mean, if, um, if they're playing the Patriots, I might, like, I might. I don't know, but you'll anybody, think about if, it. Yeah, anybody other play- than the before cell phones could you could text on cell phones no one's ever texted the Bengals and won a playoff game (laughs) crazy anyway anyway uh honestly though if i'm the Bengals, i would be okay with playing either team but i'm if i would had to you know pick who if i were them who i would want to play i'd probably go with uh new england pretty much for the same reasons that connor said about why the bills would want to play them just because of them, they're struggling right now. They 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 had that what was it like seven or eight game win streak earlier, and you know they were looking pretty hot, and a lot of people were calling them Super Bowl contenders. But they've cooled down since then, and I really hope that Mac Jones doesn't win Rookie of the Year, just because I feel like he would be one of the worst rookies of the year ever. I mean, Joe Burrow. I mean, not Joe Burrow. Uh, Jamar Chase has been playing way better than him in my opinion and is definitely deserving of the award so if they do end up playing the patriots we'll kind of get to see both of them in the same game which would be really interesting but if i just don't trust the patriots at all but also with the raiders though the the Bengals did beat them pretty handily earlier in the season and you know if the raiders win today then i believe it'll be like a five game win streak for for them which you know, would look bad and be a reason why you wouldn't want to play them. But they beat a Browns team who was basically playing a lot of second and third stringers because a lot of their players had COVID. And they, uh, even though they've won a lot of these games that they are on this win streak, they've been like barely squeaking them out. I mean, it's not like they're you know blowing people out or anything like that. Like they beat the Colts by a field goal who the Colts obviously ended up being overrated. They're still the dinner roll of the Thanksgiving meal. They barely beat the Broncos. I was waiting to mention that. I'm glad you brought that up. Broncos. What's that? I said, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were looking for a while. Like they were moving up to a better entree, but they cool. They went back down to the dinner roll by the end of the season. So <laughs> um, so I, even though the Raiders, if they beat the Chargers tonight, you know, have this big win streak, I'm still not really a believer in them either. So if I'm Cincinnati, I'm okay either way, but I would lean more towards the Patriots than the Raiders. All right. So now everybody's been dissing on the Patriots. Uh, I do tend to agree with both of you guys though, that the Patriots out of these bunch are definitely the weakest of the teams, I think. However, you know, as a, I'm not a Patriots fan, but looking from their perspective, if I were a Patriots fan and I had my pick between the Bills and the Bengals, I think I would I wouldn't feel great about either, but I would rather do the Bills just because you've played them twice already, so you you know what to expect and Bill Belichick is still one of the best coaches in the league. So if you give him all that, you know, tape and all the knowledge, okay, this is what we did wrong last time we played them. This is how we should improve ourselves. I just think matchup wise, 
it would go better against the Bills versus the Bengals. Um, I, I think the Bengals have a much have a more talented offense right now. Um, and the fact too that the Patriots beat the Bills in Buffalo should give them confidence if they were to play um, play there again. I. I don't love their chances against either, but if I had to pick one of them to play, I think they'd rather have the Bills. But that's going to wrap things up, guys, on this episode. Hopefully you all enjoyed listening to our talks about Ask Twitter, uh, the Lockboard, these playoff preview games. So we will be back next week to discuss how these games went as well as looking ahead to the, the to the divisional round of the playoffs. So. More NFL playoffs on the way. Until then, remember, be clutch. Bye. Please. Can a dude get some power?